Hey guys, I'm Chris. Hey everybody, I'm Robert. It is post-spooky season, unfortunately, but we're headed towards the holiday season. Um, I also like the holiday season because I get to watch all the Christmas horror movies I like so much. <laughs> That's true. But we also get to give thanks for all the horror movies we got to watch in October. That's true. Uh, how was your spooky season, sir? It was great. I rewatched a lot of old favorites and saw some new ones. Yeah, I think you actually watched more than I did this October. Yeah, I feel like we're going to have to have a really hefty hot takes episode pretty soon. Yeah, because there are some things that I watched through October that I want to talk about. And some of those things with you. So, I mean, yeah. But yeah, uh, it's always sad when spooky season comes to a close, but let's not forget that for horror, fa- for horror fans. <laughs> Did you say horror fans? Yeah. <laughs> let's not forget that for horror fans, spooky season is year round. That's right. So it is time for us to shoot the flames like we do at the start of every month. And um, let's just jump into it. That's right. First up, we have a voicemail from Kimberly about underwater. <laughs> <laughs> Hey guys, it's Kimberly. I decided on an October Sunday afternoon to sit down and watch some horror movies. Things were going quite good until, um, despite every instinct telling me not to, I decided to turn on Underwater with Kristen Stewart. And um, it's like Alien and 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea had a really ugly, talentless baby. Um, Yeah, it's a piece of crap, in my opinion. That's all. Hope you're having a good day. Bye. Thanks, Kimberly. We are having a good day. And uh, also, I I believe all babies are talentless, but at least they can swim. (laughs) I hope the other movies you watched were excellent. Um, I still have not finished watching Underwater as I fell asleep the first time it was presented to me. Yeah, and that was when you were visiting me in Boston, right? Uh Salem adjacent. Yeah. And I actually really thought it was okay. (laughs) I mean, it's kind of a slow burn. Um, There's some really scary moments, but there's some moments where you just don't care, right? Yeah. The end is really interesting for Cthulhu fans. Um, Obviously, it's supposed to be a Cthulhu movie. So I do recommend it to people that are kind of interested in that. And it it is kind of like an ugly baby of 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea, an alien. And it it mostly doesn't succeed, but there are parts that it does. So I would still recommend people see it if they have nothing else to do. What does succeed, though, is your voicemails, Kimberly. Uh, We are always so happy to get them because you make us laugh, and that's what's most important in life. That's true. And from Land of Enchantment Lobo, uh, he (laughs) sent us an Ars uh, Technica article uh, on Dune 1984, and uh, I just thought it was funny. But um, I, I wanted to read kind of a little snippet that was sent, and it says, Before the new version, let's revisit 1984's Dune. The greatest movie ever made. (laughs) Dune is the dream you have after reading a book about a distant future while listening to a 90-minute prog rock album. (laughs) Also, you may have done a pile of blow before falling asleep because Sting is strutting around in Batman's Speedo. Characters drift in and out, and their identities and relationships are unclear. A bear-sized scrotal mutant can move spaceships with drug-induced mind magic. Soldiers bring drums to a knife fight. Plot threads are left untied. Brad Dourif has breathtaking eyebrows. Cast members deliver their inner thoughts via whispered, close-to-the-mic voiceovers worthy of ASMR YouTube channel. The pacing is leisurely, almost hypnotic. You're here for the wild sights, the Rococo spaceships, the high-collared uniforms, and the conversations so formal they border on liturgical. Just sit back and let them wash over you. In other words, this was not exactly how Universal Studios intended to spend $40 million in 1980s money. <laughs> All of that is fucking hilarious. 
And it's it's so true. But um, I, I really don't think it's the greatest movie ever made. Obviously, that's the joke. Right. But I really, really enjoy the new Dune, actually. I need to watch it still. And um, I kind of have been waiting to watch it with you. So let's make that happen sometime. Because I do want to see it. It's, I mean, it's just not... It wasn't super high on my list. Yeah. But. So um, aside from those uh, just impromptus that we got, we got a lot of comments from our episodes in October and beyond. We'll start with our deep dive into Halloween 1978. And Brandon over on Patreon says, a cinematic gem, a horror masterpiece. Halloween is my favorite horror movie and franchise. Laurie Strode is right up there with Ellen Ripley as the baddest heroine in movie history. I'm so glad you guys dived into this classic. I watch it every year, and this year, I'll be watching this and 2018 before heading into the cinema for Halloween Kills. Don't do it. (laughs) I can't wait to hear what you guys think of the latest Michael vs. Laurie showdown. Also, I commend you for asking the question on whether the final girl trope is sexist. I've never viewed the phenomenon in that context before, but I can certainly see that angle after hearing your thoughts. Bravo. Thank you. I think we have a related comment coming up, right? So Kimberly on Patreon's a great episode. I could speak volumes on misogyny and sexualized violence in horror movies, but I just don't have the energy or mental bandwidth at the moment. And thanks for reminding me that I'm 40 fucking five. Oh, and about dogs and horror movies, does the dog die.com has saved me a lot of trauma. So yeah, we did bring up that um, there's a lot of sexism and possible sexism wrapped up with or adjacent to the final girl trope, right? And I, I mean, obviously, we're not the first people to have that conversation, but that conversation doesn't happen that often, I feel. No, right? not at all. I mean, you have to read some some hardcore books, you know, that deal with that. And, and there's lots of them. So if you guys are interested, like, reach out to us, and I'll let you know, like, some, some books that you can read that really look at, like, sexualized violence and misogyny as far as the final girls go and other slasher movies there's just tons of great literature out there about that and if there are any academics out there you know published papers or no and want to have a conversation we might record such a conversation and do a little bit more of a deep dive on it if anyone's interested that's right i I would do that yeah uh, so nicole over on patreon had a follow-up comment to kimberly's and she called does the dog die.com the best website ever created and i could have used it tonight before watching the gate with the older kid Fuck. <laughs> I haven't seen the gate in a long time. I didn't, I forgot that a dog died in that movie, but it's perfect gateway horror. So good yeah. thing. I'm glad you're showing your kid that movie. Yeah. From our deep dive into Halloween 2018, Fimbot18 from Instagram said, listened and I loved the episode, but I was shocked you didn't touch on actor Miles Robbins. I mean, definitely the hottest person in the movie. And fun fact, he is the son of Susan Sarandon and Tim Robbins. Well, we just looked at his picture, and I'm sorry. I'm going to have to stand by my original hottest guy comment in that episode. Which which is is, no one. Which is no one. (laughs) But hey, to each their own, you know? Beauty's in the eye of the beholder. That's true. Mr. Adrian Brody fan. I got a nose thing. A nose (laughs) fetish. I can't help but. So our next round of comments come from our hot take episode on Halloween kills. And anybody who is on any sort of horror social media knows that people either really love this movie or hate it. There's very few people in the middle. Um, So here are a series of comments. We're starting with the Who's There podcast, who quoted our tweet and said, thank you, the film flamers, for validating my feelings. And at RL Terry said, I'm right there with you guys. Here's hoping that somehow ends is the dream warriors of the trilogy. Man, I hope every movie is Dreamwares, technically. <laughs> At SWOP Production says, not good, but not nearly as bad as many were saying. Solidly mid-tier Halloween in the franchise. Better than six. Halloween 2018. 
both zombie movies and Resurrection. Oh, worse than the OG and Halloween's two, four, five, and H two O. I I don't agree with a lot of that. <laughs> well, yeah, I am I'm not educated enough to answer that. So, I mean. I'm not going to rehash Halloween kills in this like conversation. I'm going to wait until I watch it again before I start trashing it like all over again. But um, I still give it three stars. So, I mean, yeah, I guess you're that one person that's middle of the road. Yeah. Me, I guess. <laughs> what else we got? So at Grassblade said, agree with your take enjoyable despite the flaws best parts are when curtis greer and matichak are on screen especially greer i just love her also big and little johns didn't add anything to the plot but still one of the best parts which i can agree with yeah i do agree with that i liked the johns yeah. and i did like judy greer in this movie but i tend to like her in a lot of things so. but i mean i feel like the gays are more genre savvy and they would not have split up no they would not they would have not have gone back inside barely armed and locked the doors yeah i feel like if it was like me and you or me and my husband or something we've either gone together or i'm like hey let's go to see the movies yeah let's just walk away from the let's house go. <laughs> let's go to eat <laughs> let's call the cops yeah. who knows <laughs> yeah maybe just call the cops <clears throat> Kimberly Kay sent us a meme of a recent Fox News article uh, that read, Jamie Lee Curtis wields firearms in new Halloween movie despite advocating for gun control. Meme response, what do they want her to do? Force feed Michael Myers Activia until he shits himself to death? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, that could work. I love that meme. Thank you for sending it to us. <laughs> maybe uh, maybe that's what's going to happen in ends. I'd pay for that. And it's that little gif of uh, Michael Myers with his little mask inverted as he's eating all the activia. Oh, that one? Yeah, that's, yeah. The, that's, that's, that's the gif that I put on our post for yeah. Halloween 2018. Mm-hmm. I love it. It's so fucking funny. <laughs> Jessica Kraft from Instagram said, I loved it. My second favorite in the entire franchise. Wow, that's very high praise. Mm. And then George over on Instagram said, Halloween kills is hot garbage. <laughs> <laughs> so there we go. I mean, <laughs> reviews for this movie are all over the place. I'm and I think a back and forth here. I have never seen such like terrible trill online. People are just like pointing fingers and having all these arguments and shit. And let's just remember, like we have said before on this podcast, everyone's opinion is valid. You can like a movie that someone doesn't like and vice versa. So be nice to everybody online. Okay. Yeah. I'm kind of scared that if I watch it again, I'll end up liking it less than I did this time. So, yeah. I mean, yeah, it'll just have to be a future watch. Mm-hmm. From our shooting the flames last month in October, Nikki said, I've said the hell you say twice out loud. And I'm just getting to the trailers. I love y'all, but I need a minute to recover. Shake my head. Yeah, so she, I, I asked her why, you know, and she said, well, you know, The Lost Boys is a classic movie, and Elf is a holiday classic, and I mean, I, we had a little, you know, back and forth conversation, and I was just like, oh, you know, it's not about disliking The Lost Boys. I think most of our conversation was that a reboot was not necessary. Yeah, and she agreed, yeah. essentially. And I think most of us agree on that, you know. But again, I mean, some people are going to like movies and some people are not. Yeah, and Nicole over on Patreon kind of followed up on that by saying, first of all, Chris, how dare you? <laughs> the Lost Boys is iconic. That one super hot vampire with the unfortunate name Dwayne. He's also played by an adult man who calls himself Billy. <laughs> so I may be taking myself <laughs> out of this position. Second, there is an absolute no reason for a reboot unless it follows the life of the juiced sax player. And... um <laughs> You know, obviously, that's the the video of I don't know if you've seen this skit on SNL, but it's John Hamm. Someone was cursed by like a gypsy on a street, uh-huh. and every time like they hear the wind blow or whatever, like John Hamm greased up like a freaking like 
you know, county fair hog <laughs> bursts through the wall like the Kool-Aid man and is playing the saxophone. <laughs> and so, like, every time, like, he's having sex or an important meeting at work or something, this thing, and everyone in the room just, like, gets all into it and starts dancing and forgets that he's even there. And finally, he, like, um, he went back to the gypsy and asked for it to be solved or whatever. And they're like okay, well, you have to repair the the dream catcher or whatever that you broke or whatever. So he repairs it. And then it's like five years later and his wife is having a baby. <laughs> and she's like, oh, I'm sorry today, earlier today. I know this is a special day, but I broke your good luck charm today on accident. <laughs> and she does one last push or whatever. And John Hamm comes out all greased up and slimy <laughs> playing a fucking saxophone. <laughs> Okay, I need to see this. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> when I saw that link, I just assumed it was that clip from the movie, and I didn't click on it. I'm sorry, Nicole. Yeah. <laughs> now I'm very sorry. So Dr. Joe uh, said, I watched Midnight Mass based on your recommendation from the show. I will say I'm impressed. I'm not usually a fan of vampire movies or vamp themes in general, but Midnight Mass took it to a different level. The existential premise of vampires and the cross tab of Catholicism, that broke me for a minute. Yeah, so good. Yeah, it really is. And I, when we do have that hot takes episode, I know it's going to be packed because we're going to spend quite some time talking about Midnight Mass, I'm sure. Oh, yeah. So Land of Enchantment Lobo uh, is continuing our conversation about the perfect pairing for Sleepy Hollow and said, the perfect pairing for Sleepy Hollows, you say? The obvious correct answer is, I'm totally joking. I would never turn into Alex Trebek on you. I have filtered through most options, and these remain. Sweeney Todd, the Demon Barber of Fleet Street. This is the best and really the only available option with Tim Burton cross-section. And Cursed, from 2005, Christina Ricci cross-section. Apparently a Wes Craven original, cut with an R rating, exists, which Harvey Weinstein re-edited as a PG-13. Hmm? Craven infamously panned the final product. The intrigue has film flamers written all over it. But my final answer answer is from hell from 2001 johnny depp cross section presents a highly plausible fill-in-the-blanks rendition of jack the ripper starring johnny depp as frederick aberlein the lead investigator of the murders on the nose i know but it's also really good so i think that's actually what i ended up saying right yeah i think so and i i mean i would go with from hell probably because they're both turn of the century yeah and it's um and from hell is just a really good movie yeah so from our top 10 cursed objects episode way back in the day, George over on Instagram said, so in the past few months, I've become a huge fan. More on that later. I won't gush. You can. I've been, ho- I've been hopping around shows and I'm almost done. I went to the beginning and I'm listening to the cursed objects episode and you put waxwork on the list. I would love a deep dive into this barely seen movie. It was a classic go-to in my household as a kid. It's campy, scary, great effects, 80s brilliance, clever, fun fest. It also introduced me to the Marquis de Sade at too young an age. Anyway, you guys are great. Thank you. Thank you, George. And um, as I already told you over on Instagram, we have a bonus episode on Waxwork. So it was a, one of the first Flamers flashbacks we ever did. Yeah. And I think my favorite part of the Cursed Objects one, I don't know if it was an outtake or if it's actually in the episode. We were talking about like a Cursed Tupperware. <laughs> yeah, the brown note one. The brown note. <laughs> that was from that episode. <laughs> but yeah i love waxwork and i was happy to show it to chris and i feel like he also liked it for all those reasons that you say and i just watched it again in this october just because i wanted to put it on it's like a comfort horror movie for me so i'm right there with you and i know that you have recently become a patron and so i hope you enjoyed that episode yes from our deep dive into ghost 
Dr. Joe said, listening to your ghost deep dive and oh my God, so much happening in my life at that point. That was the year my father died. And this movie, in a sense, gave my mom and I a way to vent and cope. Society gives so much credit to the iconic scene, but there is so much going on in this film. As a horror slash mystery film, this movie is so much about empowering women and acknowledging just how much women can be strong. Also, anyone remember the VHS being released in white casing? Thank you for the deep dive. You both always have such great history and insights on everything you look into. Thank you, Dr. Joe. And yes, I do remember that video cassette being released in white casing because it was I, I owned that video cassette. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so I'm glad you liked that episode and I'm glad that we covered a movie that means so much to you. I remember taking it to the bathroom and shutting off the lights, hoping it was glow in the dark. <laughs> that would have been better. My God. Uh, We did get a question from Nicole over on Patreon, and she said, I recall a discussion of Adrian Brody's nose and went back to search and couldn't see if y'all had discussed chapel weight or not, and I have some feelings about it thus far. Not all of them great, most of them pretty good, but I'd love to hear if you've been watching. I love Jerusalem's lot, the story, and I like how it's being adapted in general. But again, thoughts and words. Yeah, I actually haven't even heard of it or knew of it <laughs> until you mentioned it. And I had to look it up and I was like, oh, that looks interesting. Uh, it's a, you know, a father and, and a family and he moves his family up into like a, his old ancestral town of, in Maine or something. Mm-hmm. Right. And spooky things are happening. Yeah. So uh, this is a short story that sort of leads into Salem's Lot, the novel. Right. But I also love that short story quite a bit. Um, I haven't seen this show because I think it's showing on a network that I just don't get like epics or something like that. Mm. And um, honestly, I haven't really heard a lot of good things about it from people. And so it wasn't super high on my list. There's so many shows, horror shows out right now that I just haven't seen. I feel embarrassed. Like I haven't even seen the new Chucky show, which is getting great reviews. I know. So, I mean, I also feel embarrassed because I mean, but I, I also don't watch a lot of episodic stuff. You know what I mean? But I, I, I need to, because I keep hearing good things about some stuff and like, this is, this is on the list. It'll, it'll, I'll get there eventually. I'm sure Chris will too. Yeah. We have two new patrons. Yay. Yep. So welcome Dave Ruff 87 and G William NYC, which I'm assuming is George. Yes. From Instagram. Yes. He's been sending us some DMS and he's a very nice guy. And welcome to the family, Dave and George. Thank you very much. Uh, but we also need to shout out our patrons at the Film Flamer tier or higher. And those are Ben, Dr. Joe, Kimberly, Lisa, and Penelope. But especially Lisa. But especially Lisa. But especially Bart. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if anyone understands where that joke is coming from. No, we're going to have to like <laughs> cut that quote out and just put it into an episode so people don't think I'm a fucking idiot. <laughs> I know. How about top 10 uh, Film Flamers in jokes? There we go. It's like cow eyes. There's um, it's Cassie Sigourney um, fucking Weaver. Sigourney fucking Weaver. Which I want to be. I want. I, we need a shirt that says Sigourney fucking Weaver. Lisa, on it. but especially Lisa. There's Lori's load. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so many. Although I feel like that'd be an episode just the Tupperware brown note. <laughs> this is gross. <laughs> Our rendition of Evita, but it's vampirism. <laughs> <laughs> All the things that we love. Yeah. Horror news. You want to talk about some horror news? Yeah, I would, but there's a dearth because everyone just 
you know, blew their load back in October. Yeah. So, I mean, you would think that this would be the time that movies were hyping things that are being made just to like whet your appetite a little bit. Mm -hmm. But um, there's really not any good news items. No. And everything's kind of either follow ups of things we've already talked about or things that are not interesting or enough, at least to me and Robert to to talk about. So, but we do have a bunch of fucking trailers. Yeah. Coming soon. A shitload. A veritable shitload. Some of it's adjacent, some of it's not. You know, I had one trailer on here that actually came out like three days ago, so can't talk about that. Have you heard of a movie called Hypnotic on That's Netflix? it. That's it. That's the one. Okay. I, I almost it came watched out three it three days yesterday. ago. I was going to include the trailer. It was the first trailer I added for this shooting the flames. And then I was like, okay, it's already out and it's got 30% of Rotten Tomatoes with an oh. audience score of like 16% or something. I was literally about to like start that movie and last night. Flanagan's wife. Right. It's Kate Siegel. And I yeah. was like, oh, I love Kate Siegel. Yeah. So she can't okay. be talking about that one, except that we just did at length. Enjoy. What's our first trailer? Wheel of Time. Wheel of Time. And this is a TV series, correct? Yes. It's a TV series on Amazon coming out in, well, this month. And uh, the final trailer just dropped. There's a lot of horror adjacency, especially in this first book I think they're covering, which is Eye of the World. Um, but you've got like the the faceless, which is just, you know, if Voldemort and the ring wraiths from Lord of the Rings had an ugly baby. <laughs> <laughs> and you've got like the Trollocs, which are like, you know, mutant giant things with giant swords and battering rams trying to kill you. And there's shadows trying to kill you. And there's entire worlds filled with nothing but like pressurized darkness trying to kill you. And there's a lot of horror adjacency. So I'm looking forward I mean, to it. I can see that in this trailer. I mean, it's it, it looks like, you know, high fantasy, but there's also some pretty scary looking imagery in that. And it really just looks beautiful. It does. Like... So I know literally nothing about these books. So I would be going into it completely blind. Good. So, which I guess would be good. Yeah. Right? I have nothing to compare it to. I'll watch it and let you know if it's a good adaption or not. Okay. First. Do that. Because I have very high expectations. <laughs> the next and thing. Possibly high, maybe. Too high? Maybe. Maps. Next up on the trailers list is Netflix's adaption of the classic anime series Cowboy Bebop. Yep. And that's also coming out in November. And uh, the only reason I included it in this list also is because there are some horror adjacent episodes. There's a very specific like stowaway alien episode the entire time they're trying to like find it and eliminate it. And it's very horror adjacent and I love it. So there's some horror adjacency in here. Obviously, there's a lot of violence. Mm hmm. I mean, it looks like a lot of fun. Yeah, there's like, a lot of like really. horror bad guys and there's a lot of like, you know, violence and blood. So, I mean, I'm here for it. And I mean, unlike Wheel of Time, I have seen a handful of episodes of Cowboy Bebop. You have? Wow, I'm well, shocked. Because I used to watch a lot of Adult Swim, okay. you know, and, and it would come on and I just didn't want to change the channel or I was already stoned or something like that. You know what I mean? So like I have some reference for that. It's like Blade Runner, Firefly, like... Yeah, I mean, no. I like I, I enjoyed the stuff that I had seen. Yeah, you know, so yeah, I I hadn't seen the trailer for this until today when we watched it together, and it looks like a lot of fun. So I I'm fairly certain I would be watching this. <laughs> In fact, I think a lot of people said that um, Firefly kind of took it like Joss Whedon kind of took it and like ran with it <laughs> for Firefly well I fucking love Firefly so, so. if there's any, any sort of comparison then yeah I'm, mm-hmm. I'm bored for Cowboy Bebop it also looks really really like well made it does the, like, the teasers weren't as good they kept things close to the chest a little bit you know and they were a little high, really high concept you know like those um, De Palma bars 
or whatever, uh-huh. <laughs> you know, the split screens and stuff. They were doing that, but they were pushing the split screens and it was a whole trailer of them pushing split screens back and forth in interesting ways. That's neat. Turning one like divider into like a sword and like decapitating people with it. And yeah, it was like a lot of stuff just for that trailer. I'm like, holy crap. I wonder if that's going to be like super stylized, but based on this trailer, which is a lot more grounded, you know, it's not. So yeah. And they're showing a lot more production value in this one. So I like, mean so much. Yeah. For all of these trailers, check out the show notes for those links, or you can find them yourselves all on YouTube. That's right. What are we talking about next? Black Friday, actually, which was a surprise. I didn't even know they were making this. And it's a Bruce Campbell horror film of that's holiday horror. Zombies. I, I knew that they were making a movie, you know what I mean? But I I, I didn't know anything about it. I just knew that uh Devin Sala and um, yeah, Devin Sala and Bruce Campbell were in it. And then um, you sent me the link to the trailer, which I didn't even know was out. And it just looks fucking fun. It does. It really does. I mean, I love holiday horror. I, I don't think they've made a movie about Black Friday yet. And I know it is perfect for capitalism zombies. It's, yes, it's perfect for it. It's so on the nose and they know it. And it looks like they're really striking a tone purposefully. And I love that. But it's going to be in theaters. And then like four days later on video on demand uh, this month. Perfect. Yep. Yes, I'm totally watching this movie. What's next? Next, we're talking about The Witcher Season 2 coming out on in December on Netflix. That's right. Um, I still haven't watched the first season. I did. And there's a lot of uh, monster creature horror, uh, a lot of violence and gore. And, and some episodes are a little more like comedic, lighthearted, you know, but others are a lot darker and a lot more adult. So there's mm-hmm. kind of an uneven tone between episodes, almost like Buffy in a way. But um, it's also high fantasy. But, you know, if you like Henry Cavill and various, you know, forms of undress and you like, you know, monster horror creature creature features, then uh, this is right up your alley. So check it out. It's very high production value, too. I mean, I like both of those things. And when while we were watching this trailer, I was like, well, when are they going to show Henry Cavill with no shirt on? I mean, like, why would you waste a trailer? Yeah. I mean, that's what the whole world is talking about, really. I mean, all of Reddit is a buzz. Because he doesn't have he's not shirtless because he's not naked ever. Well, I guess that doesn't mean he won't be a little naked in this season. And it's not just the, it's not just the Witcher. My favorite Henry Cavill is in Man of Steel, where he's completely uh, unshaven, unshorn chest, if you will, mm. giving me really daddy energy. I mean, I'm picturing it right now. <laughs> Next up, we've got the new trailer for Scream, the sequel to Scream. <laughs> Wait, I need a drink for this. <laughs> Which will be in theaters in January. So uh, if you pay attention to our social media, at least over on Twitter, you know that Chris and I went to go see the 25th anniversary of Scream. We did. And um, because I was led to believe that the trailer was going to be premiering during those screenings and not available online. And that was a lie. Although some people did see it in some of those screenings. I don't know. We just we just did not. So we watched the trailer the next day. And... It's a trailer. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's some good parts of it, but I mean, it's it's difficult to see how much, you know, Botox certain actresses are using and how old other actors have gotten and how hard they're really trying to update it to like newer technology and yeah. and stuff like that. And it's, it's almost it just seems kind of try hard, almost forced. And I would rather someone wait to have a good idea, you know, rather than trying to do what Halloween did. And it seems like, you know, just name it Scream 5 for fuck's sake. So here's some things that I've heard. I have heard that many people have seen this movie, including, I think, one of our listeners has <gasps> seen this movie. Already? Yeah. 
I can't say who, and I've heard literally nothing about it from them. You know what I mean? Because I don't want to know. But they say it's good. And I know that um, it's supposed to be paying a lot of homage to Wes Craven. And apparently this trailer was designed to throw you off from the movie. Good. I'm glad. And I've heard that too. Yeah. But yeah, so I mean, this is, this is, we got this trailer and I think we sort of have to just like let it go because they even said, like the filmmaker said, they didn't know if there was going to be a trailer because it, you couldn't cut the movie without giving the movie away. So maybe the stuff that we've seen is not even in the film at all. Give a skeet. Give a skeet. Wait, no, he was shot between the eyes. He's dead. Okay. What about the other one? Matthew Lillard? Yeah. He, he got a TV alive. to the head. He yeah. could be alive. He could be. Yeah. I want to see Kirby come back from Scream 4. But she wasn't a villain. But I feel like they would have talked about it if one of them survived. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, so apparently and you can you can tell this based on like the IMDB cast listing, right? Everyone's related to somebody from the original Scream. Same last names, blah, blah, blah. I mean, like they're going somewhere with it. We just have to wait and see. Also, like they marketed this film in a way that we've talked about before on Shooting the Flames, I think, where they created this Facebook group called the Woodsboro Horror Film Society or something like that. And these fans on here are fucking rabid. All they do is talk about like who the possible killer is. And people are so invested in this in a way that I wasn't even aware of. But there is all kinds. Yeah. So next up, we are talking about the trailer for The Black Phone, starring Ethan Hawke and directed by Scott Derrickson. Don't watch this trailer. Do not watch because this trailer. Because <laughs> it shows the whole movie. Seems like. Unless unless they're really throwing us off. Like, it shows the guys, like, getting kidnapped. Like, it's a little boy. It's really high concept. It's a little yeah. boy. He gets kidnapped by Ethan Hawke in, like, you know, pseudo-sinister slash it makeup with black balloons. Mm-hmm. And then he gets stuck in a basement where he's being kidnapped for who knows what the fuck. And I guess being held there for no reason. I don't know if he's being tortured or raped or what, but apparently he's just being held there. And there's a phone that doesn't work on the wall, but it's still there. And he can talk to all the ghosts of the people that the guy has killed before. And the ghosts are telling him how to escape. And then he escapes. And then it shows the guy getting bloody and beaten, trying to like find him. So that's the movie, I guess, because it's the whole goddamn trailer. Yeah. Even though we told you not to watch it, we just told you everything. <laughs> but this is what you expect from the film Flamers. There, We're now here you can to watch t- it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it looks like It Chapter 3, the way that it's filmed and stylized and set in a certain time period, right? They even have a kid running around in the rain in a yellow rain slicker, and you know they pay a lot of attention to balloons. And I'm like, okay. Yeah, it's like they're really trying hard to be like a new version of It or something. So whenever this trailer first dropped, I, I never clicked on the links to watch it. I don't know why, but people were saying how good good it looks and stuff like that. Now that I've seen it, I'm like, you know, I'll watch it, but I don't have super high expectations for it. Some of us think up here. Wait, (laughs) (laughs) if there's a line like that in the movie, I'm just going to walk out immediately. Uh, This will be in theaters in February of 2022. Yep. Next up, we've got Unwelcome, and I'm actually really excited for this. We don't know when it's going to come out, but sometime in 2022 in theaters. At least the trailer didn't show what month, but this is about red caps, basically a little, um, Little dwarf, like Tuathanon, like old Irish, like fable folklore mm-hmm. creatures, creature feature, right? So like like leprechauns, but not really. Like gnomes. Little gnomes, yeah, yeah. red caps. Uh-huh. 
Yeah, it looks like a whole bunch of fucking fun. I yeah. mean, really? Oh my God. Because when you said that, you're like, this one looks fun. And then we were watching it and I was like, well, fuck yeah, it does. I mean, like, <laughs> my God. I love his little voice laugh. Like, you could, it's, they're taking, you can tell the tone is like super, like, kind of down to earth, you know? Mm-hmm. But then, like, you hear the little goblet laugh, like, <laughs> <laughs> and you see the little arm coming around the door and it's just like, oh my God. This is why it's giving me, like, don't be afraid of the dark vibes. Like, it looks really good. It looks like they have some good set pieces built. And I'm like, I mean, it looks like a lot of fun. So I'm yeah. totally here for this. Definitely. If you're going to click on any of these trailers, go watch that one. Yeah, for sure. Definitely. Because it doesn't give the whole movie away. And if you're not going to watch any trailers on this list, don't watch the next one, which is Jeepers Creepers Reborn. Reborn. <laughs> which is basically just a 15 minute or sorry, a 15 second like mini teaser that just looks like it's taken from any given horror movie from the mid 2000s. Yeah. He like starts that record playing the Jeepers Creepers song. That's and then, the thing. <laughs> yeah. And then, then there's someone screaming and then it says Jeepers Creepers reborn. And I'm like, Oh God. I mean, did we need another Jeepers Creepers movie anyway? Yeah. And I, I'm not sure that didn't, that it didn't have any kind of reveal. Like there was no, like we know what Jeepers Creepers is. Yeah. Like, why do we need to tease it like that? You're not, you know, give us something to hook into and there's nothing. How many years is it between its? I don't know. It's not important, I guess. Really? Not enough to be legal. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. Yeah. Tons of trailers this month to talk about. Based on the previous director. (laughs) Please. He's a a bad man. Uh, But no news. Uh, If... If we missed like a really important news item that you think we should have talked about, please reach out to us on social media and maybe we'll include it in the next shoot in the flames. That's right. Well, guys, I think that about wraps up this month's Shooting the Flames episode. That's right. Uh, if you have anything to add to the conversations or if you have something to say about any of our episodes upcoming or in the past, please head over to social media. Find us at the Film Flamers on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram. You can email us at tiredqueens at filmflamers.com or you can call us at 972-666-7727. Barely legal horror movies are waiting for your feedback. Henry Cavill standing by, fully clothed. <laughs> no one's going to call now. <laughs> supposed to make it sound appealing. <laughs> Witcher 2. We didn't have any new reviews to read on this month's episode, and we like those. It helps people find our podcast. So if you like this episode or any other episode, head over to Apple Podcasts or iTunes, leave us a five-star review and a little snippet of why you like us, and we'll read that on our next Shooting the Flames. This has probably been the longest like dry spell we've had for reviews in a while. And we actually had a record-breaking month, uh, you know, by far, actually, like something like 2,600 hours or something of listening to us. And yet no one's giving us a review. So, um, you know what? Time to pay the piper. I mean, we know you love us. Nothing says thank you like dollars in the waistband. So, <laughs> I mean, that's been my experience. Actually, nothing says thank you like reviews on iTunes. <laughs> Clearly. <laughs> <laughs> also, we have some bonus content coming out for you this month. And if you want to check that out, please head over to patreon.com slash the film flamers and join the family over there. And we'll say your name on the next shoot in the flames. Say my name, say my name. When someone is your patron. <laughs> this month, we have a full slate of episodes coming out for you, and we are diving into a franchise that I like a lot. No, Jesus, fuck you! <laughs> Do you know what we're covering? You're cunting podcasters. <laughs> 
We're talking about The Exorcist. That's right. And The Exorcist 2. Split pea soup and all. And The Exorcist 3. <laughs> We're doing it. We're and doing it. Maybe we might mayhaps mention some of the prequels. We don't know. Perhaps as a bonus episode. That's but either right. way, we are talking about The Exorcist. So y'all go rewatch all those movies and get ready for our episodes. Well, Chris, I need to go off and let Jesus fuck me. <laughs> no. <laughs> God, 30 years, 40 years later, it's still too dark. I know. <laughs> just can't say that in normal conversation. <sighs> Chris, I need to go off and cry about the end of spooky season. Okay. And then after we do that, maybe we'll have some... Content sweet dreams. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm already looking forward to that recording. <laughs> Why you do this to me, Chris? <laughs> you do this to me, Demi. <laughs> okay, no, for real, though. Sweet dreams. Do you know what she did? Your cunting daughter. (laughs) Fuck me.